You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is uh, Father Jason Leffer and my beautiful co-host. Thank you, Lori. Lori Leffer. We'll get her full name on there. We're, we're in Leffer, North Dakota on the Glory and Dairy. And you really do want to get that Real Presence Radio app where it'll, it'll guide you through all kinds of incredible things. But you can go back and re-listen to our, our earlier interviews of Bishop Rice and, and Katie Vidmar, which were just very inspiring and dynamic. And then also they're, they're rebroadcast on Saturday, all the Real Presence Live starting early in the morning all the way through. And so uh, you can listen once again to all of your favorite local color as we come to you across the whole listening area of The Real Presence Live. Um, now, we're, we've got, again, here, we continue with this theme, Laurie. Yep. With, the, um, the joy of celebrating yeah, life. And all these yeah. kind of local people from a distance. Yes, from a distance. Leffer, North Dakota, affects the whole world. Everything goes out from Leffer. You know, there was one time, a little Leffer trivia, um, when Wayne Leffer, who is a distant relative, he once worked for um, Mc. Google Maps, or I forget the name of the map company, and they made the globes. They made the globes and the atlases and all this, and you'd look at the map of North Dakota, and it would have Fargo, Bismarck, and Leffer. Yes. Because he was from Leffer. So Leffer's affected the whole world, right? So anyway, I just lost my own royalty there. Let's let's bring it back. Okay. (laughs) So now this morning, um, another connection here uh, with Leffer is we have this tremendous theologian. His name is Perry Cahill. Perry, are you with us this morning? I'm here, Father. Welcome once again to Real Presence Live. Now, Perry, he is a theologian for uh, the, the Theologate uh, Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. Is that correct, Perry? That's right, Father. I'm the academic dean there and a professor of historical theology. Now, uh, Perry and I had the, had the grace of attending seminary classes together in St. Louis, where that's why I can speak uh, personal testimony saying he's, he's solid in his faith. And, uh, and you can trust the words out of his mouth. Okay. So, Perry, I'm going to test you here to begin with. So, um, what was interesting about our experience in seminary, you were called to the vocation of marriage, and I was called to the vocation of priesthood. And yet, we had some really powerful classes and discussions and things going on. Then there came this moment. It happened uh, June 5th of 1999. It was the Cathedral of St. Mary's in Fargo, North Dakota. And that was my ordination. And I remember this moment when you, you were there and you came forward to receive Holy Communion. And you happened to be in my line. And I, I gave you Holy Communion as you came forth. So just kind of reflecting back on that moment, um, can you speak to our listeners a little bit about how like the vocation of marriage and the vocation of priesthood come together at that one moment there of reception of Holy Communion at that, that ordination Mass? I do remember your ordination, and I actually attended with my then-girlfriend, who's now my wife, for over 19 years. Um, and she is your better half, by the way, just so that people want to know. Yes, you, you know as well as I, as well as everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, we we actually met when we were taking classes at the seminary. I was a grad student at, at St. Louis University and cross-listed in some courses at the seminary, and that's where our relationship began, and then... Um, came out to Fargo for your ordination. I remember receiving communion from you. It was an incredibly moving experience. But I, I think that one of the classes that we had together, which helped me understand the, the um, complementarity, if you will, between 
the priesthood and the married life was the course on the theology of the body. No, it was actually a course on uh, marriage, family, and sexuality, in which we use the theology of the body as a text. Um, and I remember both of us at one point during that semester saying, you know, uh, we, we both feel confirmed in each of our calling. Yeah. Um, because there's a nuptial and a spousal aspect to both. And, you know, and, and think, on that line, Perry, I'll say this, like, you, now it's interesting because you weren't called to the vocation of ordination, and yet you were a critical person in my life in seminary. Um, we were walking together towards two different vocations, but boy, I mean, just your friendship, your witness of your vocation calling to marriage was powerful in actually confirming my vocation to the priesthood and to actually walk side by side through those courses. And we'd have like our Friday groups and things that we got together outside of seminary that just reconfirmed or, or built things up. Um, how, remember Father Dave and I, how, how was our, did that affect your own calling to, to marriage, your relationship with us? Well, first of all, I'm glad to hear you say that, but, and it's reciprocal. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, the time that I spent with you and, and some of the other seminarians was incredibly instrumental in my own discernment and my own commitment to, to following through with my relationship with my girlfriend, become fiancé, become wife. I spent my, uh, if you remember, I, my uh, bachelor party, so to speak, the, the night before we got, uh, I got married, was spent with you and Father Dave, and we and were Father hanging Brennan. out talking and <laughs> talking and praying yes and it was uh it was incredibly important for me you know, on the eve of my my own marriage to spend time with, with you guys and so i just I, again i throw that out to our listeners just to share with them because not everybody gets i mean what a privileged experience for us right i mean not our yeah. average listeners who are listening right now i don't know that they've ever had an experience like that an opportunity but to actually have friendship of faith of these different vocations and how important it is for one another but that leads us to the main topic we want to discuss this, this morning, explore. So you, uh, at the heart of you as a theologian is your Christology, which means the, basically the study of Christ. What, what does it mean? What's his identity? And we want to explore uh, this question, who do you say that I am? Right? That comes yeah. from Matthew's Gospel. Um, could, could you take us down that road a little bit, Perry? Sure, sure. I, um, that question is Matthew sixteen fifteen, after Jesus' has asked his apostles, you know, what are other people saying about me? And basically, what's my press? You know, and they tell him, well, some people say you're some people say you're Elijah, some people say you're a prophet. But he kind of stops and he says, but who do you say that I am? And I think, in, for in my opinion, that is the single most important question in all of sacred scripture. Who do you say that Jesus is? And your answer to that question shapes the entirety of your life. And, and that's actually how I open up every... I teach Christology regularly at the seminary, and I've taught at other places, too. And that's how I open up that class every every time I teach it. Who do you say that Jesus is? What, what are some of the... Can you just... Like, I'm curious. What are some of the answers that you've gotten across the years from your students? Well, I think, you know, for the students who are sitting in front of me, that, you know, Jesus is the, is the Lord, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Christ, all of which, yeah, they're, that's right. All of those answers are correct. Right. You know, um, why but, this is so critical is like the, you know, we just recently, we've been going through Matthew's gospel and the daily readings. We've just recently glossed over the part where he says the only unforgivable sin is the sin against the Holy Spirit, which is the Pharisees denying. They're basically accusing him of having the spirit of Satan and being the son of Satan. Correct. 
And so the sin against the Holy Spirit is to deny that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, and he says that's the only thing that can't be forgiven, because basically you can't be saved if you deny Christ is your Savior. So, so this is critical. Are, are you finding as the students come in that they have some working concept of that reality? Yeah, I think at the seminary, certainly the guys have experienced conversion, you know, and they have some, some type of relationship with Christ. And it's not that I have to convince them. When I, when I teach other places, I think, you know, that when students are faced with that question, um, I don't know if they've ever thought about it personally before. I mean, they've read the gospel. They hear Jesus asking that to the apostles. It's like, okay, but who do you say that he is? Who, who is he in your life? So he's, this, as the letter to the Hebrews says, Jesus is saying yesterday, today, and forever. There, there is no like, well, my, there's my personal Jesus, which is a song by Depeche Mode, which is, which is a good song with really bad theology. And Jesus doesn't change for, for you and for me or for anybody. There's no personal Jesus. There's a personal relationship with Jesus, for sure, and that's prime in all, all of our lives. But Jesus is the same. And we all have to come to know who that Jesus is who never changes, and then, and, and then live our lives in complete conformity to him. So now, how, how is it that we are, when I say we, I mean like people out here in this world, how is it that we're supposed to come to know this critical question, or how are we going to even ask this question? I mean, what happens if we have friends, loved ones, relatives who have never heard this, never asked themselves this question? No, that, that's a great insight, Father. It's, you know, St. Paul says, you know, faith begins with the hearing. And, and part of it is, you know, to even consider Jesus in my life, I have to hear him preach. So I have to be familiar with the whole story of the Gospels. Um, even if I've not picked up a Bible, I have to hear somebody preaching the good news. Um, that's where you and I and everybody else who's a baptized believer comes in. I mean, you can't be afraid of presenting Christ as the solution to all human problems, you know, the answer to all the longings of the human heart. It's not when we propose Christ, we're not imposing him, and we're not somehow you know, suppressing other you know, people and their cultures. It's presenting people with the one thing that will lead them to ultimate happiness. And it's not a thing, it's a person. Okay, let's, let's start with this. I'm a listener right now to this program. I hear this message, and I've never really asked myself this question or really thought much about it. What's the, what's, what's the basic step for a listener today who's going to think about this for the first time? What, what, what should they do to consider? How do you go about considering this question? That's a great, that's a great question, Father. Um, I, mean, I guess I would say two things. The first is uh, pick up a Bible and read the Gospels. Right, to, to, to go through the, the story of Christ's life, to understand exactly what he did, what he said, who he claimed to be, you know, which is ultimately God, during his life, and then talk to somebody who believes. You know, talk, to, talk to a priest. You know, talk to somebody who's, who's a committed Catholic. Ask them about Jesus, what he means to them, and who he is. And There's no other way to, come to, be, to begin to answer that question than by informing yourself. You can't you can't love somebody that you don't know anything about. So somehow you have to inform yourself about who this guy is. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We're visiting with uh, Professor 
Perry Cahill from the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio, the Theologate. He is discussing with us Christology, and we're coming up now um, uh, on a break. And Perry, on the other side of the break, um, I want you to discuss with our, li- our listeners, um, okay, if you consider this question who I am and you're convicted that Christ is the way, what's our responsibility to, to share that or to go forth? Or how, how, how would we go about then bringing that to other people? So hang in there, all of you listeners. We're coming to you from Glory and Derry in Leffer, North Dakota, with Real Presence Live. Test. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Jason Leffer, joined by his beautiful assistant and co-host today, his lovely sister, Lori Leffer, who has put this broadcast together today for us. She's worked really, really hard behind the scenes here to make this all happen. And Mike, uh, as well, sitting back here in, in support, making it all possible. You know, I just realized as we come back on air, we should uh, just 
you know, the coronavirus is a real thing for all of us. It's affected all of our lives. And it's, you know, it hit home with the Real Presence Radio family. And so we just we want to hold everybody in prayer who is suffering through the coronavirus effects and uh, the fears and the reality of it and the consequences of that. And so we really do plead with our Heavenly Father, send the grace of the Holy Spirit down upon all people who are affected directly or indirectly uh, to bring relief and, and a quick end and a solution to the coronavirus. Heavenly Father, we thank you because we know you hear this in all of our prayers. And we're, we're on air right now with uh, Perry Cahill, who is a theologian from the Josephinum in Columbus, which is responsible for uh, training seminarians to become priests and also lay people to get theology degrees. And we have been uh, discussing at the heart of Christology, which means, who is Jesus Christ? Uh, the question, who do you say that I am? And we were talking about the conviction of each one of us actually asking that question, receiving that question, answering that for ourselves. But then once, once we answer that for ourselves, it seems like, and I'll let Perry, I'll let you respond to this, but it seems like there's some kind of moral obligation to actually then share that question or testimony with others. How is there a moral responsibility to do that or, or, or not? How, how does that work, Perry? Yeah, I think whether, whether we feel it or not, the, the reality is that by virtue of being baptized into Christ, each of us has a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus with others. I mean, there's a real way in which our baptismal grace is, well, it isn't just for us. And in fact, I think you could even say it's, it's more for others than it is for us individually. Because certainly it's to incorporate us into Christ, but it's to incorporate us into Christ so that we can help spread the kingdom. So that we can invite others into this into this great communion of believers, journeying together towards our heavenly homeland, and towards ultimate communion with Christ. You know, you're making me think of the Ethiopian right now who encountered uh, Saint Philip the Deacon, and and he, he basically said to Saint Philip the Deacon, "How can I possibly know these things unless somebody's going to tell me about them?" Yep, exactly right. I mean, how how do we expect people to know the, the joy of being a Christian? joy of being a disciple of Jesus unless we share it. Now, you know, in our modern secularized culture, I think people feel intimidated or some, sometimes browbeaten, you know, into not sharing our faith. But we, we need to. I mean, we have to. As you said, we're obligated to by Christ himself. It's not just about me and Jesus and, well, heck with everybody else. So, so you, I think you hit on, I think you hit on something key there. You said the joy of, so, like, if, if I'm a listener today and I'm like, okay, I've been convicted that Jesus, uh, you know, he really is the Savior, but I feel completely inadequate to testify or to witness or, you know, any of that. Are, is it possible what you're saying here is just, just the joy of being a Christian itself is, is addictive for others? Yes. Yeah, and, and by joy, I don't mean, like, happy, slappy, fake, you know, put on a smiley face even when things are you know, garbage in your life. It means that joy can happen amidst pain, amidst sorrow, amidst turmoil. It's this, this you know, deep-down confidence of knowing that no matter what I'm going through, you know, Christ is there. You know, he's been there before I was. He's leading me through this. I mean, to develop a personal relationship with Christ, just like any personal relationship, it's going to have its ups and downs. Now, with the relationship with Christ, largely the, the downs you know, are going to be because of us. But regardless, I mean, no relationship is like the smooth sailing. And, and Perry, of, of, oh, sorry, Perry, go go ahead. No, I was just going to say the essence of any relationship is being faithful to it, right. even in the difficult moments, because it, it's in some ways it's those difficult moments that help us grow 
in our relationships, grow in love beyond that, the, the, you know, the, the very feel-good, happy times. Right. And, and, and uh, this is Lori here for everybody. Um, so when I was ta- speaking to you before and asking you about Christology, um, we had talked about that. And I got from you that God has revealed himself to uh, us humans, us, our humanity, by becoming that man himself and living with us. We have a relationship with him. He is a living relationship. And, and he's, he's wanting us to accept that invitation through faith to learn to know him, that he is God, and that is our I am. So, so how how is this knowledge? How how does that move us? How you know how how can we express that? It has to come out and end in joy that leads us to that ultimate gift, heaven, doesn't it? Sure. I, I mean, let me take on a couple of terms that you mentioned and, and just maybe expand on those. When you talk about Jesus being revelation, it, revelation is ultimately God lifting the veil on Himself. That the middle of that term shows that li- revealing, lifting the veil. And God fully lifts the veil on himself, fully reveals who he is in the person of Jesus Christ, when he becomes human, when God becomes man. Jesus is, is the last and final word that God has to say to humanity. Everything he has to say is said in the person of Christ. Now, faith is our response to what God reveals. It's like this, this dialogue. God initiates the dialogue in revealing, and we respond in faith. And our response to the person of Jesus Christ who is the ultimate revelation of God, is to become his disciple, to be his follower. And that means in every aspect of our, of our lives, not just in what we believe about him, but in how we live. It's literally entrusting ourselves, handing ourselves over to Christ and allowing him to form us. You know, the, the whole goal of Christian existence is to, is to open ourselves up to the grace of the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to conform us to the person of Christ, to be other Christ in the world, to love with Jesus' heart, to think with Jesus' mind, so that's that whole beautiful dialogue of revelation and faith and Perry, how, we, how we live it out. Yeah, Perry, have you ever um, encountered someone who is struggling with an addiction and um, oh, their yeah. breakthrough? Can, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, addictions of all kinds of, are in all kinds of, of sorts, but it, and it's hard to overcome an addiction. For sure. I mean, it's, it's not just, well, just try harder. You know, just put your nose to the grindstone and just try harder. Yeah. There's a whole a whole set of habits that you have to develop that to overcome the, the vices that led to that addiction. So it's our free, and, and, our free will and our free choice that we have to really succumb to and stick to. Yes, and, 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 and we, need, we need Christ's help. We need grace. To overcome addictions or to overcome any struggles in our life, it's not just about well, I just have to try harder. Mm-hmm. No, it's I need to open myself up to the life of grace and allow it to flow through me, and to realize I can't do this on my own. I'm completely dependent upon God's help, and that doesn't make me weak. Doesn't make me less human. The more we 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 rely on God, the more human we are. So, so therefore, that's why God created the church through Jesus Christ. So we have yes. a family to help us in those times. Yes, I think you know in our modern culture, or now postmodern culture, if you will, you know, people think that you, know, you have to do everything on your own. You know, be self-made man or woman. Um, that leads to isolation and loneliness. 
that I, I don't have it within me, my own efforts to make myself happy. And if I think I do, I'm going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, I need Christ and I need the, the communion of the Church to help me find my ultimate end, to, to help me understand who I am, who I'm meant to be, and what God's calling me to be. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is... Uh, uh, Dr. Perry Cahill, who uh, is a theologian of Christology at uh, the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we've been exploring uh, the whole, when Christ says, who do you say that, that I am? You know, and it's, uh, Perry, you're talking, this, this is really, it's identity issues, isn't it? I mean, we're, you know, the Bible says we're creating the image and likeness of God. Um, and it's really that likeness part where we struggle so much, likeness being the divine spirit. And, and really, the, at the heart of recognizing Christ, He is the Divine Son, and He's come to restore us in that Divine Spirit through, through baptism um, into His, his covenant. What, uh, can, can you, we only have a couple of minutes left here, but can you touch on a little bit of the, just what does the Holy Spirit have to do with Christology, and, and how, why do we need relationship with Christ for the Divine Spirit? No, that's, that's a great question. Um, the Holy Spirit's job, if you will, is to conform us to the person of Christ, to make us more like Christ, and to incorporate us into that infinite loving dialogue between the Father and the Son. You know, in our understanding of the Trinity, that Christ is, that we only have an understanding of because Christ revealed it. The Father and the Son exist in this relationship of love, and the Holy Spirit is that love that exists between them. So the Holy Spirit's whole goal is to, is to incorporate us into that eternal dialogue of love. And it's, that's amazing when you think about it. That's what, why Christ sends the Spirit, so that we can be conformed to Him and enter into this eternal dialogue of love between Him and the Father. And, and it really seems like uh, the Father of Lies really wants to get in there and do everything possible uh, to prevent relationship with that divine spirit that he... And I think that's why it's, he wants us to be confused about the identity of Christ. And he does not want us to be close to coming to understand or to know. I, I was struck so strongly, you know, uh, last Sunday, last two Sundays with the parables where Jesus, he says, to the extent that you understand is to the extent that you will gain, grow in faith. You know, that there's some kind of connection here. And so it seems like the Father lies, wants to get in there and muck with our ability to know Christ and to believe. Oh, absolutely. You know, the... The devil wants to turn Christ into some type of, I don't know, sage, a guru, some type of good guy, but certainly not God among us. And because when we acknowledge Christ as God among us, all of a sudden he makes, he makes demands on us. Not in a, an overbearing way, but he makes demands on us in terms of, oh my gosh, if this guy is God, then that means something. i got to listen to him. Not only do I have to listen to him, I have to follow him. And I have to follow him with every fiber of my being. You and you and every one of us, Dr. Cahill, we're, we're so blessed to have you and, and that you'd share your time with us and our, our listeners this morning. And your, your words are always inspiring and so faithful, and we're so grateful to that. We ask God's blessings upon you, your family, your whole ministry, and all of those uh, aspiring theologians that you work with there. Thank, Thank you, Father. It's very humbling. Thank you. Very Thank good. you, Perry, for all that you do. So we're going to continue with our theme of joy and celebrating life on the other side of this break as we will check in with uh, uh, Jake and Christy Untersayer to hear about how to celebrate the joy of baptism in a very special way. Please stay tuned to Real Presence Live. Live. 
engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 